Welcome to the Buckeye Roast, 8 a.m. early. Somehow me and Ron continue to show up, so we must like hanging out with y'all. <laughs> we, be, we be struggling to get in here, but we in here, and that's the most important thing. So good morning, y'all, man. Thank you for joining us at 8 a.m. every morning. Go ahead and drop that like. Go ahead, let us know what you're drinking in the comments. We appreciate it. Got my cup right here. The mystery Full of Ciroc, the- City Boy. <laughs> Ah, not like gin to start your day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we got a good show for y'all today. I was the coach key in the gang talk yesterday. So we're going to talk about them. And also we got me you on know, our first game is actually coming up, man. It's been a few weeks. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Want to tap in with there. But again, want to tap in with you guys. I was hit those comments. Like I said yesterday, trying to get more involved with y'all trying to do more things if you have any ideas or anything like that you want us to do anything you want us to get better at pick up on or try out just let us know drop it in the comments we appreciate it ron how you doing pretty good pretty good i had this diabolical plan i woke up in the middle of the night and watched all the tight end (laughs) interviews at like four in the morning and wrote today's show and in that show i decided let's preview the indiana game and see how much disrespect Hugh has for Indiana when it comes time to actually talking football about the Hoosiers. <laughs> so that's going to be fun today. As Hugh touched on, we will be getting into the first game of the season a little bit. But first, starting with coaches' interviews. Coach Key took the time to talk to the beat yesterday. Had a couple interesting things to say. One of the first things I wanted to get your comment on, he said they had four gold-level iron Buckeyes in his room. Yeah, so man. everybody knows the Iron Buckeye is the award given for the weight room warriors at Ohio State during the offseason. So for Coach Key to have four rank out of gold, clearly he's doing something right in that room and definitely has a strong mentality in there. Yeah, man. It, it's honestly no surprise with the room and how sort of veteran it is. He's got three guys who've been there, you know, at least three years. So definitely that's a good start, especially leading your room and are your probably three best players right now. But also, too. Man, Coach Key is already a celebrity. Like we, we, we were not surprised by anything Coach Key brings to the table. He, I think Chris said he was like the most, you know, uh, most famous off the field coach maybe in the country <laughs> in <you know>, the <laughs> last few years. So most definitely full faith with him having four guys. Obviously, got Kate Stover. He's your leader. He's your tough guy. Drew Royal coming back. G Scott, who we all know, is amazing off the field and what he does. And obviously really serious when he stepped into the locker room, steps into the weight room, things like that. I actually wonder who the fourth was. Because I know it's those three. So It's not was? those three. It's not uh, those three. Okay. Because I don't know who would, the four are. Actually, it is. Kane. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chat, tell me who the four are. Let's <laughs> guess what Ron Rubens, because I don't know who the four are. So, so let me know it who is. the four All right. Go ahead, Ron. I believe it is Cade. I said Cade. G. I said G. Yeah, I said G. Okay. Um, oh, wait. I know, I know it, it might, Joe might have been the third, and then the fourth one is uh, the walk-on. What's his name? Uh, it wasn't Bennett Christian. Um, no. The walk-on was the fourth one. So, yes, those were the three. Those three. Okay, I was like, I was like, well, yeah. dang. <laughs> I was like, if those aren't the three, <laughs> we, so, somebody came out and means business. 
<laughs> no, it was just for and uh, something uh, as Ben and Christian's name comes up. Kuchki did touch on that. Despite him being suspended for the year, he is a full participant in practice. So he's a member of the team. The only thing that he doesn't get to do is play on Saturdays. So, I mean, having that depth at least there during practice is probably helpful. So that was good to hear. And our guy G did come up in the Coach Key interviews, and he talked about how he plays violent. Um, they were asking him about uh, the differences between G uh, – run blocking and pass blocking. And they said G excels in run blocking because he's a violent player and likes to get upfield and really attack moving forward. He's still uh, getting used to the pass blocking thing. So um, does that surprise you having uh, Coach Key say that about G, especially him converting from a wide receiver, not typically known to be a tougher position? Um, For G's guy himself, not particularly. He was already a bigger, more physical guy who you felt when he was going to come to Ohio State and play wide receiver was going to be somebody who was physical at the line and getting off the line and sort of bodying corners and, you know, linebackers and safeties down the field. So him coming in with a violent nature and run blocking, which is going to be easier to pick up than pass blocking. Doesn't really surprise me, man. And obviously how talented this guy is. Unfortunately, we haven't seen much of him yet in the offense because we have so many weapons and he became a hybrid guy. But that really doesn't surprise me at all. And I I am very optimistic about what I'm going to see from G. Scott this season. I think all three of these guys are going to play. And I'm, I'm super excited to see him ready to go because you, you like to see those guys with like really good off the field stories, like really good people who haven't quite done it on the field yet really show up and get their time in the sun. So I'm, I'm really hoping big things for G Scott this season. Same. Um, you touched on it earlier in the show. Um, Coach Key, a little bit of celebrity on, uh, off the field as a recruiter, and he's not even really able to travel. So, I mean, with him stepping into a role as a full-time assistant and able to hit the road, what are your expectations? That's the title of the graphic. Do we have the next great recruiter at Ohio State joining the staff now at tight ends coach? We hear Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis Menace mention how uh, influential Coach Key was in um, their recruitment. We hear about all of the connections that he has in South Florida. Is this the next big name in college football recruiting on the Buckeyes staff? Um, I think so. I'm actually very interested to see the style and we're starting to see that change a little bit of style of tight ends uh, with Demarius Witten and guys like that. I think I think Coach Keys is going to go out there and just go get some freak shows, just go get some guys who are super athletic, maybe not even really tight ends, but just big receivers who have the speed, have the body size and he can teach the block and other technical things like that. And I think just his connection with players and things like that, because he's a younger guy. He's from South Florida, obviously. He had the connection with all the SFE guys. That's his area, things like that. I think he is the next star on the staff. And I think, you know, worst case scenario, if Brian Hartline did ever ever leave, I think he would be the guy to step into that wide receiver room. And I don't know if we'd ever miss a beat. So hopefully everything stays still right now because we really love the offensive staff. And Coach Key can go out and really transform this tight end room. And he's got his work cut out for him because you think, Tight ends in his offense is sort of the uh, the bottom man here. You got these wide receivers walking in, top in the nation. You got these running backs coming in. Our, uh, Tony Alford always goes gets, gets good ones every every uh, other year, probably. So at that pace, it's like, how are my tight ends ever supposed to get passes? How are they supposed to get targets? How are they supposed to get featured? And you got guys like Ruck coming in and coming out, and like really never got featured. So these guys work cut out for him, but. Like you said, you go and you grab a Demarius Witten or, you know, guys like that, a 
Jelani Thurman, some freak shows like that. It's like, no, 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 no. Oh, we're putting these as the as the first few guys who deserve the ball. And, and we're going to go from there. So I'm, I'm very excited. I think he is the next star and it's exciting to see which which route he goes. Hopefully we can keep everything together for a couple of years. But definitely when pieces start to move on the staff, as they always do, I expect Coach Keita Rise. Do you think we'll start seeing more receiving style tight ends at Ohio State instead of inline guys? Do you think there's going to be more of an emphasis? He said in previous interviews that he puts the receiver before blocking. So he considers tight ends receiving receivers that block. So do you think that there's going to be an emphasis on having more athletic, more dynamic tight ends in this offense? And what do you think if he does go that route that can open up for this offense? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do expect that. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we have that UGA tight end room. You know, what is the, I want two guys who are just crazy matches, but I think we're getting there. I mean, if you think, you know, down down the line, you got a Jelani Thurman and Marius Whitney. You go line those two guys out. Let's say they become what we think they are. It's like, the hell are we supposed to do? Like, you got Jeremiah Smith on the outside, Mylon Graham over there. I got these two guys coming down a lot. So I think the receiving tight end is more the way he wants to go because that's his style. Um, Kevin Wilson was more of a blocking O-line guy, so his guys are definitely going to block. But like I said, I think, you know, Getting guys who can go out, run routes, be matchup nightmares is a thing you can't really recruit. Guys coming in and blocking and doing their job is something you can teach. So, so yeah, one of no one of the first. Uh, while we're talking about uh, receiving style tight ends, I feel like the first interview we should jump into is the G Scott interview. He really talked about how important his faith was in staying grounded during this offseason and just his development in the tight end room he just graduated this past season and says he's the uh this is the best his mind and body has felt since getting to ohio state so i just wanted to get your expectations for g because he seems to be really locked in mentally spiritually physically and ready for this season after hearing his interview yesterday um well first things first now i feel old because i remember us going to recruit this guy in washington and he'll tell me he's graduated like wasn't that just like yesterday man <laughs> well he did graduate in three years so shout out to him he did that I really did. fast Good so geez yeah. slow down man You're making me feel old come on <laughs> but no man um Man, G. Scott, if, if y'all haven't checked out his YouTube, and I'm sure most of you have, like, and just watches the stuff he does off the field, watches his mindset. I watched an interview that he did with, um, do you know the guy that does, uh, the one he does with, uh, with real estate in Columbus? He did an interview. I forget the guy's name. but I don't know his name, but I know which yeah, interview you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, bro. I watched that, like, three times. It's just awesome, man. I'm over here writing down notes. Like, how's he doing this with his real estate? I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? So, just the mindset that G Scott has over everything else. Just he just seems I never met him. He just seems like an amazing person. He seems like he's about his business and things like that. So stepping on the football field, we know he's talented. We know he's gifted. Um, you know, he deserves to play at Ohio State. Um, I, I just think he's ready to go, man. I, I think it's time that we give this dude a chance. We we look forward to the last two seasons. I think his mind's right. I think Coach Key is gonna really help him develop as a wide receiver. Because I think that part too is what holds him back a little bit is the fact that he transferred over to the room and he got in with Kevin Wilson, who's not a, a routes guy, not really a wide receiver guy of creating separation, things like that, that he struggled with. I think coach key is going to turn that on and, and get him back to his roots of being a wide receiver first and then working on the other stuff second. So 
I, I think it's I think it's time for G Scott, man. I, I'm just excited for him. Like I was saying earlier, I think his talent is gonna definitely help in matchups, and hopefully we feature him. The only unfortunate part is he's got two other guys who you know, one guy who's done it for a year, and the other guy who we all are hyped to see. So that probably is the only thing standing his way. But I expect G Scott to get his just due. So the next guy I want to get to in that room, and now that I'm thinking about it, I was going to compliment on Joe Royer having the best hair on the team, but G Scott might have an argument to that. They might have <laughs> the tight ends might have the best hair on the on the Ohio State roster. Joe Royer with his patented fro talked to the media yesterday says he's fully healthy and has talked about his body transformation. He said he was 243 when he came into that Georgia game. And right now he's at 255. He said he can really feel a difference in his lower body when it comes time to move people out there on the field. How much do you think that step means for Joe this off season? Um, no, man, those, we, we, we talked about it on, um, on Buckeye BS. I'm pretty sure with Joe Royer and the things he went through last season, I mean, that's a big time step. You know, anybody right. I mean, hopefully I, I always, you know, fear a little bit of the coach, the coach Mick project of dudes walking out like robots. <laughs> but if he's a he feels good, I, I'm rolling with it. 255. So it seems like he's got his mindset right. He's been in the weight room. Um, the world is the oyster. And if I had a, if I had another lie, I would tell you Joe Royer is going to break that that tight end catch record because this dude, this dude is a problem when he gets in matchups. He's a probably seen in the Georgia game. He was already getting open. And I'm talking about he's walk, dude. He damn near walked out of the YMCA right into the Georgia game. We hadn't seen a dude all season. Um, he didn't he didn't play much. He had he was hurt, things like that. And then you see like, oh shoot, like, our tight is over here creating separation, you know, catch a pass over the middle. I ain't seen that, you know, all game. So yeah, man, I, I expect big things from Joe Royer. Yeah, he um he talked about Kate Stover uh, being the hardest working guy on the team and what that means to have him in the room and that type of mentorship. And then he also talked about how difficult last season was, said it was the hardest year of his life. We know um, he lost his mom early in the season. He contracted mono. So he just had a really difficult year. He credits the support staff for helping him get through it. He said he really wasn't in it mentally, but they helped him lock back in and really get through those tough times. So it's great to hear that, the university is uh, taking care of these young men while they're going through difficulties in their life. And it's not just football, football, football. He had the ability to uh, take time off and spend time with his family during those times. So I thought that was in an awful moment and something that you don't want anyone to have to go through. Um, But for him to have that support and feel comfortable and be able to go home, return to the team and then still contribute in a, in a game like Georgia. So Credit to uh, Joe, not just for his mental toughness and his ability to, you know what I mean, still participate in last season, given all Mm -hmm. of the challenges that he faced and also the support staff having him prepared and healthy mentally and physically to be able to participate. No, yeah, 100 percent. And I I saw Wayne asking the chat. He was talking about, is there any indication of the rotation? coming down you you did see the interview so i want to ask if you have any any kind of feel of like who was really going to get the burn is it as we think or do you feel like it's going to be some changes we don't we we don't expect i feel like kate is still tight end one i feel like that's the first person we're going to see out there on the field um he's a captain for a reason it seems like g and uh joe are both 2a 2b in that rotation, um, they seem to be very comfortable with all three of those guys. Um, I believe 
Ryan Day said it in an interview the other day that they feel like there's uh, a guy, they all do a couple things really well. So they feel like they have the pieces to do what they're looking to do, like, uh, and specialize in different things. So I feel like they'll be able to mismatch those pieces together and come up with a good rotation between the three of them because they're also talented and all bring unique skill sets to that position. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, the different skill sets, and as you mark down, uh, Jorah played X in high school, <laughs> which is actually insane, given given how big he is. He's like, yeah, go out there. I just hate to be that corner from some small school on Friday night. Like, yeah, who, who's this dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he played X in high school and said that made him comfortable blocking on the perimeter, so he feels like he can really get out there. It's now focusing on uh, the inline blocking and uh, getting more comfortable there. He talked about his uh, welcome to college moment. I mean, he meant we mentioned earlier about uh, the physical development from 243 to 255. It said when he first got on campus, he tried to block Zach Harrison and just felt himself moving back 10 yards. So <laughs> clearly there's been a physical adjustment since getting to Ohio State. Uh, Zach Harris is doing that to people in the NFL. So that's no, <laughs> that's not the worst thing to happen to you. <laughs> right. So the last interview we had is our guy, farmer Gronk Kate Stover catches a lot of strays on this program here, <laughs> but we're going to keep it civil through these notes here. Um, said the defense knows everything that they're doing at this point. So it's really a challenge for the offense to move the ball since they've been going up against each other all through spring all through the fall. Um, they asked him if he would be interested in being a block mm -hmm. O candidate, which I thought was funny because he seemed hesitant because he was like, I really like eight. I mean, if they would give it to me, I'll take the honor, but he didn't seem particularly <laughs> interested in wearing the block. O. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh that's, that's too funny. Um, Cage just sees, man, he's just the lunch pail guy. He's so chill. He doesn't want the limelight. I don't even know if he definitely wants to be interviewing. <laughs> no, no he just wants stuff. to ride his tractor. If they could interview him <laughs> on his tractor, I think he would do it from there. Nah, I think he likes to just roll in silence and show up and take and take care of his business. And um, all the slander case servers got, it's not from me. <laughs> so, Cade, see me in Columbus, man. You know, what me, bro? What me? But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, no. Um, obviously, Cade coming back. You got that leadership. Obviously, we all want to see the next two guys in the room. But Cade is going to come in. He's going to handle business. We know he's going to be tough. We know the team. The team needs toughness. If anybody does, this team needs toughness. So, glad to have him back for sure. Expect him to sort of take care of those things that Mitch Rossi left. Mitch Rossi come in, knock somebody's head, block, really be tough. That's how I expect Cade to leave this room. Obviously, he's not the most gifted receiver, but he did really well last season and honestly kind of impressed us on like how much he was really getting open early Speak in the season. Now, when it came later in the season, it was like, oh, okay. Like, okay, that's, that's Cade Silver. But early in the season, that's where Farmer Grock came in. We were like, what kind of ball skills does he have? <laughs> like, so there is talent there, man. And um, as much as we want to see Joe Royer and, and, and G. Scott, I mean, Cade has shown flashes. So can he be consistent with that is the question. Can he, one, stay healthy? Because I feel like that plays a part in. I don't need to see him at week eight looking like a RoboCop. If he's got two robotic arm, <laughs> what do you have? The armband, knee band. Like, he came in the Bro, he looked like a bionic football player. Chris Drew yeah. said, insert slander here for me. So Chris <laughs> Drew is going to take, take it for us and go ahead and slander Cade. I mean, 
let us know in the chat. What do you think the rotation should be for the tight ends? One, two, and three. Uh, do you think Joe should be starting? G, you think K deserves to come back and be uh, the starter? Is that leadership so valuable that he can't be taken off the field? What are your thoughts, Q? What should the rotation be? Uh, well, before I get into that, bro, just first, just stay healthy. K Stover, when he walked into last season, looked like Barry Bonds before steroids. By the end of the season, he looked like Barry Bonds after steroids with all them wrist bands and all that shit on. So stay healthy, first of all. If I was doing the rotation, usually how I do it, I would probably go Joe Royer 1. That's going to be my matchup guy. He's the one I'm going to be the prioritizer in the past game. When I need to block, when I need to really go 12 personnel and get somebody to go head on head, that's um, that's going to be Kate Stover. And then G Scott is I'm just going to get creative with him. I'm going to find different ways to match him up. I may at times bring him in as a running back, have him block, have him come out and get guarded by linebackers, things like that. So that's probably what I would go. Joe Royer one, Kate Stover two, G Scott three. And that's a three-headed monster. And really use those guys. I don't just say, oh, we got three men. You know, these are three men's that, uh, lineup. And don't use them. I feel like there's a place for all of them. So that's the way I would go. I feel like G has to be a matchup nightmare out there for them trying to cover with the talent that we have at wide receiver. And then you have a top 100 wide receiver. You know what I mean? I think G was ranked relatively close to what Marv was when he was coming out as a wide receiver. So to think about the potential that people saw in him as a pass catcher and be able to convert that skill set to tight end, I feel like that could be a matchup nightmare if he's able to really prove his ability to uh, block in the run game and in the pass game because, again, you don't want these tight ends to be so limited and uh, specific to what they're doing that it's tipping their hand of when who's coming in the game. So you have to be able to do everything. So if he's able to do that, I feel like it's an element that will be unlocked in this offense. Yeah, and I feel like – just like with our slot position, <clears throat> with the tight end room we have now, that could damn near be another matchup nightmare, just like whoever steps in the slot with us because we feature it so much, is that you got Marv on the outside, you got a mech on the outside. Those guys are going to demand so much attention. And we don't play with four wide receivers, we just play with three in a tight end. So that's where you fill in a G Scott at tight end or a Joe Royal. Those guys are going to be matchup nightmares for the fourth best cover guy in the secondary. I feel like we really need to try to feature those guys, open it up because the the outside wide receiver is going to get so much attention that it's there for the taking. I hear that. I hear that. So yesterday my buddy stopped over and he's a Penn State fan and had an interesting comment. And I just had to write it into the show because I was in disbelief. Honestly, I have two friends, uh, two friends that are big, big 10 football fans. One's a Rutgers fan. One's okay. a Penn State fan. And some of the shit I hear from them is unbelievable. I wish I wish I had a podcast longer so I could talk about some of the things that I've heard. <laughs> my buddy that's a Rutgers fan, I almost had to kick him out of my house last time he stopped over because he had the nerve in my home, in my four walls, to fix his lips and say, I think J.J. McCarthy is going to win the Heisman. Oh, dear Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like bugs are flying <laughs> in because I had the door open. I'm just like, get the fuck out. Like we're not doing this. I'm not even entertaining this conversation. So See you next week. setting the stage for the type of shit and conversations that we hear. So yesterday we're discussing the Ohio State quarterback battle. And I mentioned people were starting to believe that Devin Brown is the starter. And his face lit up. He was like, I heard Kyle McCord was the guy. 
this is this great five-star generational quarterback, and he can't beat out Devin Brown. I think Devin Brown's overhyped, and I think Penn State's going to beat you guys. So much so, not that I'm confident that Penn State's going to beat you guys. I think that Indiana is a trap game for the Buckeyes. <laughs> so I, when I heard Indiana, a trap game for the Buckeyes, Indiana, a team that has a Vegas over-under win-loss of three and a half, I had to ask my man, Hoosier Q, how he felt about this because <laughs> this guy never wants to disrespect Indiana. And when I look at three and a half win-loss uh, over-under, I'm thinking this team is garbage and the Buckeyes should steamroll them. But I got my buddy that's a Penn State fan telling me this is a trap game. I got you telling me no disrespect to Indiana. So I just want to get your thoughts. Coming into this game, we've seen Ohio State struggle with Indiana before. We have not lost to them in 21 years. It was 1988 the last time the Hoosiers beat us in football. No disrespect, Q. Is this a trap game for the Buckeyes? Okay. So these two things are not the same. What? The reason the reason I say no disrespect to Indiana, and if you were here, is I You're was Hoosier. I was constantly using Indiana as the doormat of yeah, we'll probably beat them by 50, yada yada yada. So no disrespect because they're the prime example I use all the time. But since your friend brought it up, we will continue the respect of Indiana. And we will say this: they were not a good team last year, not at all. They probably lost their most talented player in the Simon McCullough, who I wish came back to Ohio State, but he didn't. No one in their right mind fears Indiana right now. So, as far as trap game goes, it is possible for us to come out flat. It is possible for us to have a lot of new working parts that need to be figured out. And early in the game, things look a little, a little, should we, we don't look like Ohio State quite when we step on the field, you know. But, their talent is so low, and they really don't have anybody out there. That, that sounds still, like disrespect to me. I mean, want to run out back? It kind of is. It is. It's just. It's not going <laughs> to be pretty. Like, <laughs> is it a little? It was a trap game. They had some better players, probably, but it's not going to be pretty, regardless of how slow we start or how much they don't take this game seriously. So that makes me question, even if the offense does come out with a slow start, we could potentially be starting a first-time starter if it's Devin Brown, who's never thrown a pass in college football, or we could be starting uh, Kyle McCord with one start under his belt. We have questions on the offensive line. We have new pieces on the defense. Could we start off slow? And if we do start off slow, how confident are you in our defense to be able to protect the end zone and keep them off the scoreboard until the offense figures it out. I mean, shit, they can't do it against Indiana. I, I, I'm very worried. They can't keep them off the scoreboard, but um, I mean, I think it will be fine. Also too, with our offense, when I say start slow, obviously Marv still standing out there. Travion Henderson is still in the backfield. That doesn't necessarily mean we won't score. When I say start slow, it's like, Y'all know that flow we get in the offense where it's like our eight-yard pass, eight-yard run, 10-yard pass, 10-yard run, like that sort of flow. I don't expect us to quite be there so early to where it's like, okay, it's smooth. I feel like, okay, there may be a miscommunication on one play or somebody missed a block on the other. I still expect us to score probably every other drive, at least opening up the game. So um, I, I think that that is. But if I would say, let's say, the offense really starts slow, can't score early. Man, this defense – 
Jim Knowles, this defense better be fucking flying around, playing ball, not giving up catches, big hits. All Over under four defensive touchdowns this year for the Buckeyes. Mm. See, that's I'm a good put question. It at four and a half. That's a good. That's a good question. I would probably put it. Chances probably are like right at four. I feel like there would be, especially early on, like be a couple pick sixes or something like that in a big game. We always get one. Like in a big game, like Arkansas State during the home and home, yeah, our home and home. So <laughs> I, I will go over. I will go over four. Very optimistic, and obviously we should be playing at like fifteen games this season. You know, go win a natty or something like that. So I'll put it over. Um, I think this defense, man, is going to be lights out. I think it will be. I think, man, I was getting hate on the <laughs> in my DMs just a couple days ago about what are y'all going to do on defense, and I'm like, bro, we had three. No, not three. We had five undrafted players walk out. Like, we're going to be a lot better than we were. So, I expect, I expect big things from this defense. I expect the holding, and I, I expect this joint to be like 50 to 7, something like that. I, I don't expect I expect it to get crazy. Um. So, the last question I have for you, it was our poll this morning for the chat, and let's check the results. Does Ohio State cover against Indiana? The line is plus 28 and a half. Sheesh. The poll says 75% say we cover. So I just want to get your thoughts. So you confident in the defense? You think there is a possibility that we come out flat? Are we still able to cover 28 and a half? Yeah, I think I think we cover regardless. I mean, I thought we came out. I mean, I don't know. Ohio State does that weird thing where we'll score like 14 or something in the first half and always end the game with like 55 points. <laughs> like they did everything. But even if they start slow, they still manage to throw 60 on the board. So I, I do expect us to cover 28. I just mostly because I don't expect us to give up a lot of points. I don't expect us to give more than like 14 if possible. And I think we're going to score like 50. So. I expect this to come. I, I, I mean, these sound like the side predictions. I mean, against Indiana, if it was like Notre Dame, like I would be like, oh, no, this might be like a, you know, 7-14 point game, especially starting slow and don't know what the offense is going to bring. But I would say against Indiana, it should not really be a struggle early in the season. I hear that, but 28 and a half, that's a, that's a I mean, that is right a – man, they that always – a line. I mean, we've seen it before, and then they and they've crushed it. They, they will do it, and it's mostly because I don't expect anyone to be scoring points. I, I can't name one player on their offense. I really cannot. Well, you did mention that you think we're gonna put a fifty burger up on them. We got a fifty burger going right now in this chat. There's fifty of you guys in here. We appreciate you guys pulling up this morning to talk some Buckeye football here in the middle of camp. I know everyone is getting antsy. We have what sixteen days until we start playing football. I was. I'm getting so desperate. I started looking at the week zero games the other day. I'm like, all right, who are we going to, who do I get to watch? Cause like <laughs> I'm just itching to watch some college football. So we appreciate everyone in here. Make sure you smash that like button. Q, let the people know where they could find you at. Hold on, Ron, before we get that, I've been, I've been checking the chat. Let me um, get, let me get some of their in here and then I'll go ahead and get us out of here. Sketching young, we were talking tight ends. Noreen says case guy. Um, let me see. Let me see what we have here. I've seen a lot of Cade. I've seen a little G, a little G love in there. Um, GOJ says Cade first, Scott second, Joe Royer third for the lineup. Tyler says Cade up first, Joe second, and G third. So that's your 
that's your rotation right there. We will see how it flexes out. And then I'm seeing a lot of Indiana disrespect in here. I need y'all to calm it down on that. I will mute the chat. But yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm seeing for the most part. Yeah, so just want to check in with you guys. Obviously, oh, Cam says Jelani. So let's not forget him in that in that tight end room. But yeah, so then we'll check in on that. But um, yeah, man, if you want to find me, not hard to find. I'm City Boy Quinton on Twitter, Flying the Jaws on Instagram, Modern League Films here on YouTube and on um, TikTok. So do that over there. That's the place you can find me, Robert. They can find you at. I mean, you can find Q in these streets too. Don't forget that. <laughs> but uh, before, before we get out of here, I did want to mention we want to do a mailbag episode uh, tomorrow. So shoot us yeah. some questions on Twitter. If you uh, if you aren't already, find us on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star review and drop a question in there, and we will be sure to bring it up on the show. Um, that would help us a lot. I know that we do this show every morning here on YouTube, but the audio is also available. Same for the Buckeye BS if you miss us on Sundays. So if you can't see us on video, make sure that you're tapped in on your favorite podcasting platform. If you want to find me, you could find me at 2 underscore T-E-E-S on Twitter. That's Two T's. You can find me on Twitch at the same thing on TikTok at Two Shicey. We are here every morning for the Buckeye Roast. We appreciate you guys pulling up, and we will see you on tomorrow. I guess. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say Sunday. I'm off yeah. tomorrow, so your boy is ready for the weekend. <laughs> I, I got. I'm I off from my job that pays me way more than this, but I still will be here tomorrow to talk Buckeye football at 8 a.m. What was you gonna say, Q? No, so I got some interesting questions for y'all tomorrow. So come prepare. Have your minds ready because we're gonna we're gonna take down some memory, go down a little memory lane and, ha and have some fun. So can't wait to catch y'all tomorrow. Should be a very fun show. Sounds good, everyone. Have a good day, and I uh, appreciate you guys for pulling up. See y'all tomorrow. Yeah.